When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hey, it's Anne-Marie and welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Now, let me ask you this question. Are you an ambitious entrepreneur with a spouse who's also an ambitious entrepreneur? And whilst you love your spouse dearly, your demanding schedules, the pressure of running a business, maybe you're working in the same business or maybe you each have your own businesses. This is impacting your relationship. And if you're honest, not in a positive way. Well, if you've answered yes, then this show is for you. You'll want to listen to it and maybe kind of have it on loudspeaker so your spouse can hear it as well. Now, joining me on today's show is Annie Callis. Now, Annie, she is a relationships architect. She empowers committed entrepreneurial couples to elevate their relationship, to have deeper connection, better communication and clarity in their lives. Now, running a business, running a household, a family and a passionate relationship, well, that can be overwhelming and stressful at times. Now, these power couples, you're a power couple, you are in a loving relationship. However, you're aware that you need support and finding balance in your extremely demanding schedules. Otherwise, guess what? It's going to impact your intimate relationship and affect that as well. Now, she uses her ACRA methodology and what can happen then is these couples can grow individually you can grow individually and together at the same time and you're able to rewire unhelpful patterns, open up to each other and build a strong foundation and infrastructure in the relationship. So Annie's going to share some key things. The most powerful tool that all greatest champions in sport and business and, fam- and families they have in common, the cycle of generosity is the cycle of never-ending success in your life as well as dealing with this statement, your ex expectations are too high. How do we deal with that? And so much more. Welcome, Annie. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And it's so exciting to be here. And uh, as you were reading it, I'm going, oh, this is going to be a great conversation. It sure is. Thank you. And I, you I'm just letting that- you leave <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's all right. We've got a bit of a lag going on here. So I'll, I'll be aware of, of that. So when we're talking about relationships, particularly entrepreneurial relationships with couples that have um, similar business interests, so they're working in the same business or perhaps separate businesses, there are certain things they need to be aware of on how do we maintain a balanced relationship. Uh, I wonder, can you tell us a little bit about what attracted you to work in this particular industry? What's kind of your journey that got you to where you are today? start off with that first and then we'll dive into some of the key things you want to share. Thank you. Um, Well, 
all my life, relationships were really important to me. Relationships with my parents, siblings, friends at school. And I just, I love people. And I grew up in a, um, in a fairly toxic family life. And I always strive to do well, to be good, to, to be loved. So I always tried to find everything I could to, to create that connection with my parents. And that kind of spilled into my adult personal life when it came to my relationships with with the opposite sex. So, and of course, at this age, I'm 56 years old. So I had many uh, relationships and I've also had a marriage. And the whole thing was always to have great relationships. And one of the things that I found is that we were both professionals. We worked, we had great careers. Then we had our son then I thought, now I want to be home with my baby. I want to bring up my baby, not work to pay for childcare. And therefore, I started my own business. I started, a, I had a, a, a party plan business for 13 years. And then from there, that spilled into coaching. And upon thinking about it and, and really uh, analyzing our marriage, which ended, the whole the whole thing was is that we were so caught up in creating the life, you know, the mortgage and everything else, and both of us were successful in our in our individual careers. But then we would bring it home, or do it at home, or we never talked. So I think you've got to find a balance in your life. And to have very clear boundaries in home is home, work is work. Now, we need to work to make a home, but at the same time, at home, you've got to be at ease and at peace. So then you can go to work to do what you need to do. So, and also I've been involved in a lot of studying. I've been studying for the last 12 years and I've been in lots of different courses and seminars and masterminds. And one of the things that I saw uh, a lot of couples that uh, own businesses together and they're very very challenged how to merge the two and and one of the things that I learned and is which I want to talk about today what is that key thing that you got to have to have to be able to separate and merge so it, it, can I go right into it yeah, so I guess you're talking about a powerful tool that you are saying that all great champions, whether it's in sport and in business and families, have in common. Absolutely. What is this thing that you that you want to share today? <laughs> and it's something that I learned at my very, very first big seminar that was called Trainer Trainer, and it was run by a gentleman called Blaise Singer. And I fell in love with him and I said, I want to work with you. And now I'm certified by his academy from Arizona and I'm part of his his big uh, com uh, community of uh, facilitators, trainers and coaches. And our whole uh, mission is to change the life, the quality of life um, of people in the way we teach and in the way we coach and train and facilitate. So there's a way. And the, one of the first things he talked about was this thing called the code of honor. So not a boundary, not a code of conduct, not a whatever it is. It's called a code of honor. So if you really think about code of honor, you actually think about um, what's that movie called? Um, oh, it skipped my mind with Tom Cruise. Oh, and, I know. Um, it's a very old one, isn't it? Yes. yes. If I think of it, I'll, we'll, we'll 
We'll say what it yeah. is, but I'm sure everyone knows what it is. It's <laughs> I've gone blank. So it's about the military. So in the military, if you look at in the armed forces, they they have to have a very tight code of honor. So a code of honor is actually a set of rules that that controls the behavior, the internal behavior of a team. And in a marriage, you're a team. Yeah. So yeah. so when just think about formation flying. So formation flying, it's so exact because there's a reason why they do form the formation flying. So if one of them is out a bit, when they actually go to attack, it can actually affect the the battle, right? Yeah. So they have to have a very tight code of honor because it's about life and death. Now, when you think about it, a marriage, it is about life and death of the marriage. So if you don't have a set of rules that controls the behavior, your behavior within the marriage, then things happen because in the uh, if there's no rules, then everybody creates their own when it comes when when um, adversity hits, everybody does their own thing and you're not together. So the rules are there to hold you together. And those rules are actually based on your values. And one of the things that I noticed in in my marriage and the people that I work with is that when you can have similar rules, uh, sorry, uh, similar values, but if you your definition of your values are different, you behave into them differently. And to give you an example, let's say the word integrity. Let me ask you this. What does integrity mean to you? Ah, oh, honesty. Um, yeah, truthfulness. Being integral, if you say something, it is, it is, you you do it. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. If you say you're not going to do something, you don't do it. Yeah, honesty, trust. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So if you look at the definition of the word integrity, there is two different types of definitions. One is more relevant to your behavior within society, and that is keeping your word, trust, following up on what you said you're going to do. But the second one is being whole and complete in yourself. So if you're not taking care of yourself, how in the world are you going to uh, step into society in integrity because you're not integrity to yourself? So, for example, I take care of me. i got to make sure I'm whole and complete so because then I can show up in my greatness. If I'm not taking care of me, then I cannot serve at my full potential. So, so in a relationship, you got to be, this is different, it's personal. A relationship is you too. The rules of society and the way we grew up and the programming and what others expect of you is what affects what you really want for yourself. So in a relationship, it's so important that the couple understand each other's values and what that means because you can have love, you can have family, for example, as your values, even faith. But say, for example, those three things can mean so different things. What's love to you, Anne-Marie, if I ask you what is love? 
Oh, love for me is oh, so many different things. It's uh, understanding, it's giving, um, being mindful of the part, you know, your partner's needs and, and likes and dislikes. Sometimes it is, um, you know, uh, providing an environment that allows them to shine. Others is is um, being able to communicate what you need so that you can not only give love but also experience love as well i love the um the, the 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 version of love which is the agape love which is very much around faith in god which is the the giving of all all things for that one particular person with of course with the lord it's giving of his love to everyone and it's an unselfish love you know, because um, what you've just said, though, it's a difference. When people talk about unselfish, they often think, well, they have to give everything of themselves, which is not. Because if you're not giving love to yourself, how can you expect someone else um, to give to you? And also, too, one of the things I want to share that came to me is that often when we are given love with certain things, if we, we can't accept it. Does that make sense? Have you seen that, too, that... Um, your partner may do certain things for you, but you find it very difficult to accept uh, if you don't have self-love for yourself. And that can be a barrier too, can't it, for you experiencing love and, and being very mindful about what do I need to do to uh, replenish and to restore, you know, myself so that I can be the best in my relationship. Does that make sense or am I rambling? <laughs> You are absolutely on the money and and you, I love the way you threaded it all together with, you know, like I've got faith, I have religious faith and I also have just faith that everything will be okay. So I believe, I believe in God and, and to me it's like love is uh, acceptance and forgiveness. So unless I can accept myself for who I am, what and all, and forgive myself for the things that, I messed up and the hurt that I created for others and for myself and for not knowing better. Like when we when we make mistakes is because we don't know. And the whole thing is to learn from those mistakes instead of beating ourselves up. Well, you're not born with all this knowledge. So we put this expectation. So the word expectation comes up again. We put this uh, expectation upon ourselves that we have to constantly deliver exactly how we should be. How do you know how it should be? How do you know another person wants something a particular way? And one of the things that I experienced in my many relationships and in my marriage and the people that I work with is that, yeah, but I did this for you. Yeah, but I didn't want that. Yeah, but I did it for you. But it's not what I wanted. So people don't actually ask, what is it you really need? What is it that you really want? What does that look like? Right. So if you say, you know, I, I had a, a really great um, session with these clients the other day where they, they were talking about the word pursuing. Mm -hmm. So so if you look at in general, how people look at that word pursuing is like you constantly have to chase me. It's actually not that. So at the bottom of all misunderstanding is one or more misunderstood words. And this is why I keep asking, you know, I ask you, so what does integrity mean to you? What does love mean to you? So it means something different to you based on your values, your belief system, and you live into that. So it, it, values are fundamental principles of behavior. 
ours, how we show up in the world. And a lot of people, when I ask them, what are your values? They go loyalty, respect, trust. I said, this is what you want from others, is it? And they go, yeah. I said, so these are not your values, it's your expectation of another. Mm -hmm. Now, those values are driven by something else that's lying deeper within. So that's what we're working on is to discover that. And then based upon that, once you discover what is actually at the core of you, then you build a code of honor on it to protect yourself from um, cheating on your values. Mm. Because a lot of us uh, and humanity in general, we give up on what is important to us to appease another. Mm. And then we get upset with them because we didn't get the result that we want in our heart mm. because they didn't deliver based on our expectations. Mm. But they don't know. Yeah, they, they we don't, don't have crystal balls, do we? <laughs> we yeah, so they don't know. And and then so it's important also that with these values, we are our, our own worst enemy, right? And, and then we get upset with ourselves because we gave up on something that is important. So it's important that we build that code of honor for ourselves with our partner. If you have a family with kids, you have a family code of honor. And in business, so for couples in business, they have to separate the two. Mm. When they walk into work, they are business associates and they have to have de definite, and I don't like, I, I don't use these terms easily, must, have to, need to. Mm. I, we shouldn't tell other people what they should do. When in a situation like this, that word makes sense. It's important that you have very clear, defined roles. What's your role in the business? What's mm. your role in the business? You look at the values of the business. And then you need to create these rules around it to uphold the values, the purpose, the vision, and the mission of the business. Mm. So it's so the, the methodology that I use, that goes for everything. It can be used anywhere with, with because it's all relationships. Business is built on relationships, and that's yeah. built on trust and integrity and so forth and service. Yeah. So right? true. I mean, what you've just said there, Annie, is so impactful. And, and by the way, that movie was A Few Good Men. <laughs> I googled it. <laughs> I just, you I, can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one. But it is true when you're talking about that code of honor, and specifically, you know, it's going to be different between how you are in your personal relationships versus how you show up and who you are in a boardroom because you can imagine, you know, the, the wife telling the husband or having a certain tone of voice. Now, you can imagine if he turned around in a board, don't have that tone of voice with me. But do you know what I mean? And it's just something you don't want to bring that and vice versa. You don't want to bring um, things from work, as you said, into the uh, home. Now, as you were speaking about so many uh, incredible insights there that people can take with them when you're talking about you know kind of the code of honor and your core values and how you define love how you uh, appreciate others to show love to you I was going to ask you have you heard of the book and the principle the five love languages by oh, Paul Chapman I yes, think it, it's it is actually one of the tools that I use in uh, in my methodology, the five love languages. And I also use another tool called the attachment style, which is the scientific uh, proof of how we attach in a relationship. So I work with those very much so. And with the five love languages, 
from Gary Chapman. He's also got a book on anger and uh, a book on um, forgiveness language. Mm. So it's a lot of us, uh, not apology, it's apology. So it's about how how we do anger because anger is one of those emotions that most people are afraid of mm. and they have it, they they feel it because it's it's part of the pendulum of emotions and it's usually in the middle. So when you reach anger, that's when shift happens and it's up to you. If you accept that you can be angry, then you can also decide what am I going to do next. So you can actually be angry with your partner and go, I am really angry now. I'm really angry and I feel I'm angry with you. i got to walk away. Mm. And, but I'll come back. So this is where you build the code, how you fight and how you recover. And people don't have that. Usually one walks away and they come down and the one left behind is waiting, but the one that come down comes back and all is good because they come down, right? Whereas if they have a rule, I need to walk away because if they walk away, then the other person goes, don't walk away from me. And I'm sure you're hammering, you're not creating an environment in which they need to be able to, yeah. So good. So So this is a a rule that you build. So when I work with couples with the, you know, work with them to find their own individual values, create their own individual code of honor, and then they bring it together, what values they have as a couple, and then they build a code of honor for their relationship. Mm -hmm. And in there, I sort of look at them and I say, listen, look at some of the challenges that you've had in the past when you were clashing and usually it's repeating because it's the same thing that it's repeating. So then when you look at those, what is a code that you can build so that doesn't happen again? So it's actually really, it's fascinating what people come up with and and when they look at their timeline, we do, I also do timeline with them looking at, okay, so tell me all the high points of your relationship and then the low points and then I go, okay, so let's look at your um, emotions, your thoughts, your actions on both ends, and they find a pattern. And it's amazing what comes out. And I go, okay, now build a code of honor around it. Yeah. Right? So, so it protects clarity. it. Yeah, clarity is one of those things, isn't it? And when they're clear about certain patterns or certain behavior in certain ways and, and uh, that their spouse deals with certain things rather than it becoming we would almost call a pain um, because it could be very different to yours. You have more of an appreciation of that person. That person requires more time to think about it, whereas I'm really quick, but that's just the way that they do that. And if I give that, you know, my spouse some space, allow them to go away, it's not going to have to be something that festers. It's um, incredible, incredible. I know we've only got um, a certain amount of time and you have just scratched the surface with the thing (laughs) You, you really uh, do and share, but you know, co- relationships are complex because we're complex beings, you know, and we all, and, and you know what? It's a wonderful thing because imagine if we were all the same. I mean, it would be boring, isn't it, if we all had the same personalities and, and style. But let's talk about the cycle of generosity. And you say that the cycle of generosity is the cycle of never ending success in your life. Why? Because generosity has to do with living in gratitude. So most people spend 
waste their time in looking at what they don't have rather than what they do. So in a relationship, it's important to forever be grateful for your partner and looking at what is it that actually that they do that shows love because that could be, and that's connected to the love languages. If your love language is acts of service, you are probably loving your partner. You keep doing things for them. But if your partner's love language is words of affirmation, they just want to talk. So stop doing things because they don't need you to make that sandwich. They just want you to come and say, hey, babe, how are you doing? It's so great to see you, right? So words of affirmation doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, you're beautiful or you're so handsome or you're so sexy. No, it's actually got to do with just words, with communication. So bringing it back to gratitude is there's a cycle in gratitude. So so there's got four parts. So you want to want to have this relationship. And then once you decide that I want to have this relationship, then you get to work, to work on the relationship. And when you start working on the relationship and you say certain things to your partner and you do certain things, it's like they took the, the rubbish house, like, thank you so much for taking it out instead of you forgot to take the rubbish out. So what's more important is having a go at your partner because they forgot the rubbish or the serenity and the harmony in your relationship. So it's a choice. But once you want to work, you want the relationship, then you're going to do whatever it takes. So you start working on it. But guess what? When you start working and you take your part in working on the relationship, don't wait for the other person or if he, she does that, if he, she, if she. No, what are you going to do? Change starts with you. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, your partner is going to start feeling that they matter, that that um, that you're grateful for them. So then in return, they're going to start behaving differently and then they're going to start wanting the relationship. So it becomes a cycle, right? Mm -hmm. So then they, they're going to feel grateful and then they will want to work on the relationship. So I do like a gratitude exercise. So I have a whole, and I'm not sure if, I can do that here, but if you want to, I can send you my PDF file for the gratitude questions that I give people yeah, for relationships. Absolutely. We can put I'd love to give that to the listeners, but it's very powerful. So it's actually a, a generosity cycle. Want, work, feel grateful. And then what happens when they feel grateful? They will want to work on the, they will want the relationship, then they work on it. You will feel appreciated and then you will feel grateful. Then you will want to work. And you can see it's a never ending thing. But if you think about it, you transfer that into your, into your business. You want to have a successful business, then you will do whatever it takes. So you will work on a business. Your clients will feel appreciated and your business associates. They are going to be so grateful for you. So therefore they will want to do business for you and so forth. So Everything is a cycle of, of gratitude and generosity. And that's, you know, if we can go back to, you know, our faith, what is it that we learn? Be grateful. Be grateful. It's be so grateful. true, isn't it? And we create the patterns that we follow and the habits that, you know, we we've, we uh, follow create a cycle. So there's obviously a cycle of generosity. And if you're not getting something that you want, you have to look at what patterns and what behaviour or what beliefs are driving the cycle that's happening in uh, my life. But it is so true. If you start to show 
and it can be the simplest of things. And if you know what your the love language and the appreciation um, is of your spouse, you start doing that. I mean, you could take the you could do the dishes a hundred times in a month. If their love language is uh, words of affirmation, <laughs> those dishes are not going to make a difference. But, hey, I love you. I appreciate you. You say that a couple of times and that, I'll say that more obviously, but that is going to make a huge impact. And how many couples don't realise that? You know? Even in business and too, you know. That's right. And what comes to mind, it's like, a, a one of these uh, what do you call them um, cult movies in Australia, the castle. Yeah. Because everybody remembers this this one line, what's that love? Mm. Or oh, steak and peas. It's beautiful love. He was forever in gratitude to his wife, and that's what made his marriage. And even though there was quite a comedy comic movie you know but there were so many amazing underlying uh you know messages of relationship and love and what makes a marriage go no matter where you are i mean they were living underneath the airport and he was he was still happy so he this that character lived in in gratitude his whole life (laughs) and with his kids you know if they made so that is going to the pool room (laughs) I think we all had a pool room, didn't we, in our house or some sort of pool room? (laughs) Tell him he's dreaming. (laughs) I mean, for those of of American listeners or people from around the world that may not have seen that movie, The Castle, are thinking, what are you going on about? But it is, there's certain things that uh, those characters did that when you see and when you know and kind of layer the conversation over that that we're talking about today, you can see how that really has um developed in uh, their relationship and they were happy you know the, while the rest of us are giggling because yeah, yeah some of the things that they did were really really funny <laughs> let's talk about dealing with the statement and this is something that one of us or many of us uh, may hear over the time or maybe we are the ones that are saying it so if we're saying it maybe we need to not say it anymore but if you're told your expectations are too high how do we deal with this Thank you. So that's such a statement, and I think everybody will relate to it one way or another or lower your expectations. And it's like, what does that mean? Mm. So the person that is saying that, well, their values could be different and they would think, well, you want too much. Hang on. But if this is how I see my life, I expect my life to be like this. These are the things I want in it. And if that means that I want a multi-million dollar mansion, I want to have five Ferraris and two Lamborghinis, if that's what I see for my life, why does that bother you? And this is a question that I heard many, many years ago when I decided to get really healthy and I lost 20 kilos. And people were saying to me, how can you eat that or how can you not eat that? I couldn't, they used to they used to get upset with me because I changed the way I ate. But then when they saw the results, they go, oh my God, you look so great. How'd you do it? I did this and this. Oh no, I couldn't do that. So when people started to get on my case, I and I learned this from somebody who was going through the same thing. And I said, what is it about me wanting to be healthy that bothers you so much? Mm. What is it about me having my own business that bothers you so much? Because I used to be told, why don't you get a real job nine to five? Mm. Okay, well, I want to run my own business. I want to work at nights or I want to work at weekends. So how is that bothering you? 
was it about me wanting to be a dancer that bothers you so much? So ultimately, it's asking the question because they're very upset about what I'm doing with my life. So then I want to understand how is that affecting them? Because if it's affecting them, then I need to do something about it. If I think that it's affecting them in a way. And normally when I ask that question, they kind of stop and they go, oh, I say, you seem a little bit upset about me not eating salt. How is that affecting you? I could never do that. Okay, well, you just don't do it my way. You just ask me what I've done. But it's not good for you. Okay, but here are the results and I'm very healthy, so it clearly probably works for me. But it's really great to, to not, I don't take it to offense because I recognize that there's something that's going on on their end because I'm self-assured with what I'm doing for my life. So it's my expectation of how I want to live. Now, in bringing this back to relationships, it's, yes, that yet again, expectation is a misunderstood word. Now, what does expectation mean to you, Anne-Marie? Ah, oh, expectations. Well, again, it's those unwritten rules that you may may have, and it all ties back to one of the things that, you, or many of the things that you've shared. And let me give you an example. I often giggle about this. This is before I even knew about the five love languages. And I remember this was years and years ago. Uh, anytime my husband would fall asleep in front of the TV, I would think, oh, great, he's sleeping. I'm just going to go to the office and do some work. And so if it was half an hour later or whatever, he'd come and he'd go, are you working again? I'd go, well, you're asleep. Or if I was doing something else, he'd say, oh, well, I like to wake up and see you sitting there. And I thought, are you crazy? What on earth? So as a joke, he, he used to then fall asleep and when he'd wake up, I would be really there in his face, you know, and sort of making a bit of a joke. But I realised for him his highest love language is time quality time and so even when he fell asleep on the couch knowing that I was there um, was really important so when I realized that the significance of time so being on my phone I've really got to watch those sorts of things when I'm around because it can show a message to him his expectations that she may not think that this time together is as valuable as it is to me as it is to her so, yeah, expectation me, there's certain things, there's certain things that I have expectations on or requirements that make me feel good and, and loved and appreciated. And if I'm not getting them, then my expectations are not being met. But being able to have conversations around it in a loving way, I think, appreciative way is always important, isn't it? Yes, it is. So when I looked up the word, because I... I saw it in a lot of my clients there's this and and it was in my life too with my former husband this expectation for them to be and do certain things and then when I studied the ex what expectation is I was so surprised by the definition because the definition means it's a feeling or a thought or a belief that something good is going to happen mm. so how can you not expect yeah. for something good to happen? We all want something good to happen. So, of course, it's an expectation. Now, we don't, and in a relationship, an expectation is the idea that your partner knows what you want. And that's where the issue is. So, you got to tell you, first of all, you need to know what is it that you really want? How do you want your life to be? And as you said, 
the love languages, the attachment styles, the you you want to know what your strengths are. So what's your modem operandi? It, it's everything about you. When you know you, then it's easy to ask and explain to your partner, hey, this makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Now, if your partner loves you and wants to be in this relationship with you, they want to do it. Not what they think that they should do mm-hmm. is what your partner wants, Right. So then you just go and do it and then your partner feels loved. It's it's so it can be so simple, but I mean you got to do a little bit of work before you get to that. So don't expect somebody to do something that you're not aware of and a lot of people go he or she should know. Yeah. How? Yeah. How? Right? You've got to tell them, well, we've been together for so long. Yeah, but who you were in your 20s, in your 30s, 40s, 50s is different people, different values, different, you know, it's a different stage of life. So you've got to forever reconnect and go, Let's. So where are we at? Are we good? What's our code of honor like? What are our values? Has something shifted? Hey, I'm, I'm noticing, uh, you know, our, our uh, connection is a little bit missing or the way we're talking. So the three C's that, that I find all the time when people come to me, connection, communication, and clarity, and I think you covered them all today. You mentioned those words. Mm-hmm. They want deeper connection. They want better communication, and they want clarity of direction. Where are we going? What, yeah. What's going on in our life? So that's why I'm the relationships architect, because I help them set foundations, solid foundations for their relationship from today forward, because we can't change the past. We can use it to build. However, when you get solid foundations and the storms of life hit, you've got those foundations, so you're not going to crumble. And by having the code of honor, by having gratitude and by understanding that this expectation is about what do I want for my life and let me share with my partner. And it comes down to, you know, I respect myself and I respect you, therefore I expect the same. Mm-hmm. When people say don't have expectations, really? I don't think so because yeah. if I treat you with respect, I expect the same back. Absolutely. So true. true. You know, and if someone is thinking, well, uh, you know, Annie, what you say is all good and well, I mean, why should I get clear on some of the things, you know, possibly the love language and should we put codes of honour? Well, one of the things that I know to be true for, for myself over the years, and if I hadn't done a lot of work in personal, you know, development over the years, if you're doing something that, and I'll give an example. So if you're doing something or not doing something that is the primary love language of your spouse, then that is most likely going to cut them each time or impact them negatively each time. For instance, um, words of affirmation. If that is your partner's, your spouse's primary love language, every time you put them down, every time you criticise them, Unlike someone else whose, you know, primary love language might be acts of service, that word that you say to them or those words are going to cut them to the heart, aren't they? Yes. Um, And vice versa. So you need to understand what is it that to your spouse, you know, um, that they feel loved and appreciated and you want to make sure that you continue to nurture that and not do the opposite because you could by your very action or words um, be causing them to feel unloved and unappreciated. You don't want that happening. So, Absolutely. Well, as Gary Chapman says in the book, is that love, lang- love languages have dialects. Mm. So 
they are those people that say that want to hear that they're good looking, that they are sexy. It's what gets them going, you know, to and I'm not talking about from a from a sexually intimate perspective. It's that like you think so and they're yummy, right? But just like um I come I come from Romania. Now if you go north, I'm from from Transylvania. If you go up to Moldova, I have no idea what they're talking about. And we're both living in Romania. So it's a it's a dialect. So you got to understand the dialect. Now, for example, my former husband and I, our love languages are exactly the same, which should be easy, mm. actually easy, because our top one is the top one and so forth. Words of affirmation, quality time, touch, acts of service and gifts, right? Mm. However, our dialects were so different, right? And it's really interesting, and this comes down to what you said right at the beginning about receiving and giving. Mm-hmm. So, so when he's, I asked him, what is it that you need? And he said, acknowledgement. So I, I naturally give acknowledgement because I love acknowledgement. I like being acknowledged, mm-hmm. and I love giving acknowledgement because unless you do it yourself, you can't expect somebody else to do it. Yeah. So, but he couldn't receive, mm-hmm. and he kept wanting it, and I said, but, so, okay, then how does that look like? Acknowledgement, can you please explain explain it to me so I can do it? And then he would just cut me quiet, mm. right? So unless you actually share not and, and step into that vulnerability of being open and raw no matter what and be okay that it might backfire, but don't be attached to the outcome. Now, that's you got to work on yourself to get to a point where you are not attached to the outcome because the, the, the challenge is a lot of people are attached to the outcome. They're trying to imagine what the result is going to be, and if it doesn't happen, they're disappointed. Mm. You know, like the placebo effect? Mm. You know, the placebo effect? It's the and then that was in the medical field that they gave people tic tacs and people got better because it had to do with the mindset. But there's another one. It's called the nocebo effect. Mm. So the definition is more like, well, if you think it's not going to work, it's not going to work. In a relationship, the nocebo effect is that you want something, but then you tell yourself, oh yeah, but it's not going to work, and that's what you're living into. Yeah. So there's no faith in that what I want, what my expectation is, is that it will work. You talk yourself out of it. So when you talk yourself out of it and then you're upset with the other person and there's resentment, mm. well, this is where you do the work. And when you get into accepting yourself for, hey, I stuffed up or I, okay, my expectation was this, I didn't get it, but whatever, forgive the whole situation. When you feel that and you know what that feels like, it's so much easier to accept and forgive another person, mm-hmm. right? And forgiveness, like people go, but how do you forgive? Or I've forgiven, but they still talk about it. True forgiveness is when you are, have the capability or you you look at, What's another way? Mm. A different way of looking at it. And when you look at, well, could this situation be different? Look at it differently. Mm. Yeah, it could have been different. But if you're sticking to your to like to your guns and go, no, this is how it should be, then nothing will change mm. because you're still doing the same things, but you want a different result. Now like you've got to shift something, even if it's a millimeter, because as time goes. Mm-hmm. it's going to be 
different and continue to praise if your partner is trying to change certain you know ways and stuff and it's still not there yet you still want to praise because if you're going to criticize just like anything that's like well I'm trying and you're still complaining so I might as well not continue to do that it's so so important as we mentioned earlier relationships are complex things Um, but when we have the right foundations when we have the right tools if you will to be able to help us navigate through that then it makes it a lot easier isn't it to be able to come and establish as you said some of the ground rules that will enable you to have that communication that open transparent communication that can then be a a platform if you will for a way through to find a way through that meets both needs Annie if people want to find out more about the work that you do as the relationship architect how do they get in contact with you well, look, they can look at my website, annikellis.com, or they can find me on all social media. I'm everywhere on social media. I, I enjoy social media. It's a great way to connect with people. And, um, yeah, they can just contact me. And I, I do offer a, uh, a half an hour um, just introductory. I meet with them, have a conversation, and see if there's anything I can do to support them. I'm actually working, I've got a program called Build True Intimacy, and I'm actually working on that. So I've got a I've got the ACRA methodology, which is uh the ultimate relationship program. So that's for those people that really, really want to work on their relationship and are committed to investing time. Because yes. you know, if you're with somebody for 20, 30 years, it's 20, 30 years of unraveling. You can't unravel it in one or three sessions. It's actually you gotta do the work, but you want committed people. However, I'm building something, I've built not built something that's an I've built an eight-week program just to give them a good head start. And I pulled out the key pieces to help them to start, to start looking at the relationships different so they can connect. So I'm working on that right now. So I think I'm going to be launching either in December or January. I mean, December is Christmas, but you never know, you know, um, it's a great gift to have with your partner. And I do recommend. I think around that time is uh, adds even more stress often with everything going on. So you want to, these tools would come in very handy, I'm I'm sure. And And I do recommend that if, when people work together, then they can't just, they won't blame each other. But look, I've done all the work. And and I think this is what happened in my marriage is that I went to learn. I wanted to be a better wife. I thought that I was the problem because I was the one that was yelling all the time and screaming. And that's not my nature. I'm a passionate person, but I don't like conflict. So I thought, okay, let me go and see what's wrong with me. Well, there was nothing wrong with me. I just didn't understand why I was reacting the way I did. So so I started to learn. However, I was healing myself, but unfortunately he didn't he didn't go down the same path. And in the end, there was really we were on different platforms and it just didn't work. But you know what the thing is? I used my methodology on us. And we've actually, we get along like a house on fire now. So there's no romance, but we are parents. So the whole thing is how do we co-parent? He's 21, our son, but we're going to be his parents for the rest of our lives. So how are we going to communicate? And we get along great. We go out, we have coffee, we go to movies, the three of us. So it's a really great relationship because ultimately he's a human being. And just because his identity or role as husband now that's closed, 
that doesn't mean that he's still not a great human being. It just as far as our relationship, our intimate relationship, it just wasn't working. And I'm not going to hold that against him and vice versa. So sometimes you can separate amicably and and still have the person in your in his in your life. I, I couldn't see myself without him in it, just not from a romantic perspective. And we're both okay with it. And it's yeah. great. And we have an amazing son, so you know. No, it's we, worth we, it, isn't it? It's worth yes, it. Yes, worth it is. So, yes. And you live, you live, uh, practice what you preach, as you say. So um, it's been Absolutely. a wonderful conversation. As I said, we've only just scratched the surface, uh, but I'm, I know that people who will have listened or have watched this interview will certainly have learned. But please, if you really do recognise some of the things that we spoke about today that you need to get support on, I could not more than highly recommend Annie and, and her work. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. I really appreciate it. And I think if anybody has any questions, just ask me. I, I don't have a problem with having a conversation with you. So please don't f- feel free to ask me because especially people in business um, and people that are so busy, if I could just support you in some way to, to get a balance and, and still keep your marriage uh, or relationship, I, yeah, I'm all yours. Fantastic. All right. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.